Hi, everybody. This is Mitch, and I'd like to start off this episode with an apology. I lost some of my audio for this episode, and it is a little noticeable. You'll you'll come across a couple parts here and there where everyone is laughing at something I very clearly said that was funny. Um, and just kind of put in your own jokes there. I'm sure it was at least almost as good as the thing I said. Thanks, everybody, for being understanding, and we'll get right into the show. Thank you. Come and grab your friends, it's time for MetaWatch, the world's first, best, and only MetaBots podcast that is currently recording this on the run from robbing a bank. My name's Mitch, I use he, him pronouns, and this was supposed to be just a simple in-and-out job. Joining me as always, my partner in literal crime, Colin. Hi, my name is Colin, I use they-them pronouns, and my favorite edition of Pixies and Pirates is 4th edition, but really you should be playing Metal Ship. <laughs> <laughs> um... Our getaway driver tonight, notably not a member of our criminal organization, but a semi-associate thereof, Sam. <laughs> My name is Sam. I use he, him pronouns, and not all treasure is silver and gold, matey. <laughs> I had two ideas for intros, and I ended up having to just mash them up. I have to put on the podcasting affect for net yeah. for for you guys so that y'all can understand me when I'm talking. Oh, are we using radio affect on this episode? <laughs> uh, I yeah, I I couldn't let the D and D joke rest. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got we got some good episodes. Um, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, the also. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, this is, uh, the second episode, Sam, it's explicitly the one you've wanted to come on to the podcast for since you knew we were doing the podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but, like, near the start of season two, I was like, oh, no, what if this pair of episodes that I've been jonesing for all this, all these weeks, what if they're not as good as I remember them to be? <laughs> Thankfully, uh, <laughs> I was right. I knew my, my Metabot fan heart was just 100% correct. Those memories never let me down. They were like, yep, no, those are the good episodes. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it turns out it turns out the Metabots is simply good. Uh. Yeah. Just have to hold out another, like, three or four weeks, and uh, then it's good. Yeah, that much <laughs> is... It's, it's a world of chaos and uncertainty. A, wor- a world of possibility and pirating. <laughs> and here he, yeah here here i was assuming it wasn't going to be dubbed at all but it, it so i was ready to be a sub boy uh but uh we we might just it might be a, a dub train for the whole third season who knows we got to give season three a chance we got to we got to give it a shot i will allow us to pull the brakes after the first episode and not release it but we we got to try <laughs> you need you need to go until you have at least one episode that isn't subbed or dubbed, and both of you have to describe what is happening on screen without, <laughs> without the dialogue. You yeah. have to samurai pizza cats this. <laughs> oh man, we can have Sarah come back on then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we got we got we got two good episodes today. And first up, we have Pixies and Pirates. 
uh, which all starts with Mr. Referee giving us a very long recap of the story so far, even though it's basically, I mean, it's just the previous episode of the, the tournament. Uh, yeah, it's kind of treating the previous episode as like the season finale, the unofficial season two finale. And this is like, <laughs> look, the, we know that a lot of you only care about the tournament. So we're treating the tournament as its own season within season two. <laughs> yeah, you know, just. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that does happen right before the fucking tournament, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I still can't believe, like, you know, uh, uh, the end, the actual end of season one is Dr. Aki's house burning down, basically. Uh, <laughs> I'll, you know, I will actually give it to the localization team. I think the tournament is hitting better with a bunch of Slice of Life episodes right before it. I don't think the tournament, I think the tournament would have felt really weird if it happened right after this city almost got demolished by a giant metabot. <laughs> and imagine, if we were watching... If we were watching everything in order, then we wouldn't have gotten to see the uh, incredible turn of phrase that they used to convince us that this Crosser Dog episode happened, like, not... <laughs> it That it hadn't already happened in the timeline. Yeah. That incredible turn of... That incredible, like, narrative trick of silence. And not <laughs> saying anything about it. <laughs> Yeah, or how uh, we these ninjas mysteriously reappeared after we defeated them so many episodes ago, only to not appear again. In fact, we haven't seen any Rubber Robo so far. Uh, almost like they got wiped off the face of the earth in, a, in the previous three episodes. <laughs> uh, oh man, we do. Uh, we are at school. Uh, Icky is getting gassed up by all of his uh, classmates for speedrunning Metabots. Um, just, you know, went from zero to hero in no time flat. Uh, and, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, congratulating him, pats on the back. He's like, oh, I'm famous now. And that's when Karen rolls up in her limo and, uh, only to surprise Icky that Metabee's in there, uh, because Karen came to pick him up. Uh, you know, the, their first, their first journey to, um, official row battles, they might as well go in style. It should be all good. And then Icky is also surprised that, yes, Koji is also here with a rose and a teacup. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's like now that the eye, now that the <laughs> eyes of the world are upon Japan, I must represent my country with grace and this rose. Well, it's he saw um he saw illegal uh Bishi uh Icky and has to live up to it now. <laughs> it's it's so good. I I listened to it this afternoon. It's incredible. <laughs> Well, the, um, I, li I listened to the episode a couple of weeks ago, but I listened to your episode about it this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Equally incredible. <laughs> Which will have been a couple of weeks ago by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> Podcasting time. Yeah. Um, so in the uh, in the car, Arika brings up they don't have a team leader yet, um, and Koji obviously thinks it should be him because he was the highest ranked uh, of the of the three of them. Um, uh, Icky thinks it should go to him because he's the one who actually has the ability to win fights and is creative with the strategies. Um, and Karen immediately diffuses the entire fight by offering both of them cake. <laughs> Koji does. Ko Koji says you don't have strategy. I do. Like, if we're picking the best strategists, I'm still the right choice. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's certainly true that um, uh, Iki and Metabi have had to get out of stickier situations than uh, Similodon and Koji have. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't make sense considering that Koji is the one who uh, was higher ranked, and that means he actually has won more fights against better opponents, uh, depending on how the weighting system works. We still don't really know that, but... Uh, <laughs> it could be less fights against much better opponents, it well, it could be that um, that if we're just counting wins, Iki could have more wins than Koji, but Iki could also have more losses that brings his ratio down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rematches don't count. We know that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they probably have an they probably have an Elo tiebreaker thing between them, and at the same time, it's like. Icky keeps always loses the first fight, but it's usually not an official fight. But he still loses that one. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Now we have this really weird thing. Uh. Now I I I'm curious to see if this read the same way to you guys. Uh. A little girl, like a little little girl, uh, like probably like half the age of like Icky and everybody, um, runs out into the street. Yeah. Uh, she runs out on the street in front of the limo, causing the limo to stop and collapses. This read to me when I first saw it as she is purposely pulling a scam to pretend to get hit by the limo. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely because she she stops and she's like, oh no, and then she crumbles. But like they've are after they've already stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buckling up is for the pores. Come on, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> they have health insurance. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a, a limo would never stop when hitting something. It would just roll over it. They'll be fine. Um, so, <laughs> oh, a street urchin. Uh, but yeah, it turns out that this uh, uh, this girl, like, everybody gets out to, to see what's going on. Uh, this girl, uh, like, you know, asks for their help as a pirate ship begins to fly through the sky, completely darkening the street. And uh, it has a crew of two pirates and set like a ton of cardboard cutouts of more pirates. Uh, and they accuse the, the little girl of raiding their private chocolate stash. Nowhere in this episode do, do they like actually define whether it's like a, a float that has wheels, like a giant pirate ship with wheels, or if it's like a flying, like a flying hot air balloon shaped like a pirate ship, or it's a pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, it's, you it's, know. Pirate ships can fly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Skies of Arcadia is one of my favorite games, uh, and the pirate ships in that can fly. So, you know, checkmate. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> His nut chocolate. <laughs> nut chocolate. It's the fancy shit. <laughs> nut chocolate. Uh, one small design bit uh, tidbit that I like is that the pi they're the one pirate with the glasses. It's he has like these bands that go behind his ears to just to keep the glasses on when he would be climbing around the rigging or, or yeah. sailing on the high seas and what have you. Yeah, and you know the <laughs> yeah. Also, there's the whole thing with the first Metabots game. Uh, so like yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they go, hey oh, hey oh, and you know we get a we get a good pirate rap, um, definitely. So absolutely has a pirate rap, um, and uh, yeah, okay. So here's here's the thing I was really confused on. Uh, so they call their captain out, who's big big beardy pirate man, uh, who's mad that uh, this little girl stole his chocolate. 
I originally heard it as Captain James, and then half an episode later, they started calling him Captain Gene. Did I just mishear it, or did they just change his name in the middle of the episode? They pronounce, so they say it in a way that it could conceivably be construed of as Gene or James. <laughs> But I swear they say James in the first time they call it. Because I listened to that part like ten times over trying to figure out if it's Gene or James. And my notes at the start, I was like, well, I guess it's James until we see his name written down later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they uh, uh, it's it's Captain James. Icky does have a single brain cell in this episode because he immediately recognizes this team as the team representing the Caribbean, which I guess the Caribbean is a pan-nationalist independent nation in uh, the year 2020 uh, in Metabots. <laughs> or I guess this would be 2021 by now. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to say that uh wait, what was the when did the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie come out? Oh Cuz I god. think this is something else that Metabots inspired. Uh first Pirate it's what like 2005 or something? 2004 maybe? <laughs> <laughs> uh Pirates of the Caribbean, uh Curse of the Dead Man's Chest or whatever the hell it's called came out in 2003 officially inspired by Metabots. Uh, don't tell me about a ride at Disney World. It doesn't exist. It's inspired by Metapods. <laughs> you know, that, that Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Full of robots. Just like Metapods. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Captain Captain Janes uh, tells Icky that um, he'll be losing his medal in a row battle tomorrow. And uh, they need they need this girl back, and they're not going to leave until they get her. Uh, Karen offers to compensate them for all of the chocolate bars that she ate, and more some, and s- gets on her phone and summons a a squad of jet fighters that drop hundreds of coolers of Kobayva dark Belgian chocolate in little parachute containers. She summons like fifty jets. They come out of a they come out of a gate monogrammed with her initial, and all she says on the phone is, "It's me." <laughs> yeah, uh, Karen's phone screen just says the word "emergency," which is uh, very fun. Um, I at first I was really terrified of the fact that this little girl has. Um, personalized fighter jets whenever she uh calls but then then i just really started to love it yeah <laughs> like i mean i mean she can't be doing any worse than a government i guess yeah i mean one it's definitely a part of a um uh you know a, a pacifist buyback program probably and mm. two it, they're japanese fighter planes so they they don't have any autonomy outside of uh a contiguous like japanese airspace listen if karen was in charge of distributing the vaccine <laughs> it would have happened by now well no if karen was in charge of distributing the vaccine she would uh, distribute the vaccine immediately and then somebody would tell her that it's putting doctors out of work and so she'd create a new a new virus no to then, okay to hold on i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> this is not a podcast for karen slander 
it's, it's literally that is the plot of the because, bridge the bridge episode yeah but it's it's because she's got fighter deaths man <laughs> we're not gonna slander her it's oh, too man. dangerous that's You're true right. that is it is you never know when saint nurse the nasty is going to just like the eyes are going to appear behind you in the dark oh yeah. I'm um, recording this in the dark. I don't want to turn around now. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, the mysterious girl does start to immediately steal more of the chocolate, though, uh, which is, I love this little girl. <laughs> She's a little goblin. Uh, <laughs> and Nikki yells at her. It's like, well, haven't you learned your lesson? Yeah. Um, and uh, Captain James demands that they still lock the girl up, and that's where everybody starts to square up for a team meta battle. Uh, and we get to see their metabots. Uh, there's two, two like, pirate boy metabots and one pirate man metabot. They look really cool. I think they're car. I uh, we get the names later, but I think they're called Pyrostar and Pyroskull. Is that right? That is right. right. Um, so I looked up their uh, so their Japanese names are uh, Kaiza Kurobi and then uh, Kazakuro. Um, and I, I looked up because the the Kazakuro is a uh, KZA type, but the Kaiza Kurobi is a KAB. And I looked it up. It's because it's a um, kabuki it's a kabuki type oh okay that's fun so it's a kabuki pirate and i was like all right that's i like that that's a good job i don't know enough about japanese pirate terminology to be able to take it from there but you know i mean conceivably one of them could have been named one piece and we we missed out on that sadly uh uh i actually i don't know i don't know if when did one piece start uh we can't keep doing this we can't we can't yeah uh yeah we can't keep doing that well, uh, because they're named after the disneyland ride so the movie was named after them obviously yeah uh so um metabi manages to immediately just take them out with like some stray gunfire and the pirates run and they're like oh man that was easy all right we're gonna, we're gonna find this meta match let's go practice uh and this is when uh, the girl finally introduces herself her name is coconut mm. um and it starts to gas up Iki and Koji uh, for being powerful meta fighters who chase the pirates off. And she even begins to cry when she finds out that she's taking them away from their practice time. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, it's no problem. We'll just we'll get some in real quick. And so they go down to the river and uh, we see some Eladon break some cinder blocks and some rocks. And uh, Koji and Iki are still fighting over who gets to be leader. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's a bad time until Karen says, Hey, we should just let space metafighter X be the leader. Uh, they still know when he's going to, when he's going to show up though. Nobody knows. <laughs> so this argument between Iki and Koji in the past 20 years, if for some reason I'm having like a stray thought that leads to metabots, <laughs> I'm remembering this specific argument about how the blaster into Tricannon is not accurate enough and the hammer fist into Shadow Sword is not fast enough, despite Shadow Sword's entire thing being about speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, uh... it, it's, it's the one thing that I'm like, oh yeah, they did have that argument on that episode. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, like the fact that his Shadow Sword is still somehow too slow, despite being the fastest move ever created. Uh, who knows? According to the sub, uh, the problem is they keep trading off different aspects, so it got stronger, but slower, which okay. I'm not 100% sure how that works. Um, Metabee's, uh rifle also became um, less accurate, 
but stronger. So his gun's good, but now it can't shoot as well, which... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Too much recoil. Yeah. I, I Yeah, all right. Um, Coconut has whipped out a book, and uh, Arika points it out, and she's like, oh, it's an autograph book. I wanted to get... Koji and uh, Icky's autographs because they're famous metafighters, and I just didn't want to bother you all about it. Which is when Kara whips out an octopus balloon that's been signed by all the members of Team Japan, and here she can have it. It's all yours, uh, you know. And she's like, "Oh, this is so great! Now I have autographs. I'm going to keep it or resell it online later for lots of money." <laughs> I I love this balloon. It is so very good. I wish. I ever got an autographed octopus balloon. Yeah. Well, maybe you should have a narrator that's an octopus, and then you'll have an excuse to have octopi oh. balloons around. Oh, man. Um, See, I like to think that this balloon was part of um, it was part of the supplies for Icky's impending wedding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He got so prepared. All right. So that they could give an octopus balloon to everybody that came to see the bride and groom. I love that. Um, uh, real can't quick. do that here though. It is a twenty five dollar fine for every balloon you purposely release in uh, Virginia. Now, just just as a heads up, <laughs> good. <laughs> That's very good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the octopus balloon, uh, really cool. So her name is Kalua, the little girl. Yeah, which is certainly a name. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's more racist, Kalua or a coconut. To be honest, to name like a little brown girl from the or the Caribbean. Um, yeah. um, I feel like Kalua's more uncomfortable. Yeah, because like know. coconut just rings wrong to me. Yeah, co- coconut it's, is. It, I mean, it's real bad. But I'm yeah. talking about like a negative four to a negative five instead of like on a scale from one to ten of how acceptable this name is. Well, coconut could also be a cute nickname, I guess, yeah. as opposed to like her actual given name yeah and, that, that and like there's there's an i've i've heard enough like i i've heard like coffee metaphors used sexually to describe people who have like darker skin tones enough that like the kalua thing makes me really fucking uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> yeah um besides that uh before asking for an autograph she's writing down notes team weakness is poor cooperation between team members exploit and th- then she's got uh, then she says, "Oh, it's for autographs." So that's yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of weird bits in this particular episode. Good, still, but um, yeah, yeah. And as if there was any doubt that uh she is in fact spying on them. Uh, when uh, everybody goes to leave, she just kind of like mugs to the camera uh about how she is explicitly spying on them. Uh, and she's gonna go run off with uh, this information. At the very least, she just says the word morons when uh, yeah. she runs off. <laughs> uh, at the arena, Mr. Principal is here in his full-on getup for, for sports festivals. He's waving a big victory flag and ta- telling Arika how it pays to stay in touch with students because they can get you free tickets to events at the, at the stadium. And that's why he's here. And he's ready to cheer on his students, or I guess his student. Uh <laughs> Yeah, um, he doesn't say any of that. He's just is too busy cheering in the sub, which I like the idea of he just loves the sport so much that he's there on his own terms as opposed to getting tickets off Icky for somehow. 
I guess uh, the uh, the I think the implication is that like he had like there there is a former student of the elementary school that works at the arena that he is kept in touch with and that's how he got free tickets. Oh. Uh, and he, but he is here explicitly to cheer on Icky because Icky is his student and he loves his students. <laughs> yeah, like the the sen- the sentence is full is it pays to keep in touch with students after the gr- after they graduate, ah. especially the ones who work at the arena. <laughs> that's good. Okay, like he, he just lays it out in full. To Arika, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the journalist. I keep forgetting that Dub doesn't have any um, subtext, really. Yeah, uh, it's like Gundam. If they want you to know something, they will explicitly tell you that. That is the subtext only is way. Cowards, we all know this. Yeah, that's the only way Metabots is like Gundam. You're right. Yeah, um, it's, I don't it's want no other subtext. Way. I want Dom text. <laughs> oh, um. So Team Japan is still waiting on Space Metafighter X to show up uh, uh, to the point where they get raised onto the stage alone again until uh, Space Metafighter X and her Metabot Neutron Nurse get lowered down from the ceiling. Uh, and, you know, oh, yeah, it's great. Teens back together. <laughs> and we get the stats again, uh, just filling out time, I'm guessing. Uh, and the that's when the pirate ship comes out of the floor. <laughs> I, I want to take a moment to, like... You know, since I wasn't here last week, I want to say I just love that Karen gets super into it. Mm-hmm. She has yeah. a voice. She has a voice for it. She does the pose and everything. Like she must have practiced real hard to get the pose so that the the scarf flies at exactly the perfect angle to complete the X. Um, uh, I mean, they didn't. No, she didn't have to practice at all. They just programmed her to. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also the the profile when we see the profile for all the the meta fighters, they use a. Uh, the the taller space metafighter X's picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't tell the difference between the two. Uh, it's same person to me personally. Uh. Now, um, I'm going to save this for next episode. I do have another theory about Karen. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying I'm walking back my previous theory, but we're adding to it, which changes some of the the facts that we know. I'm excited, yeah. yeah. Um, information that you know just improves uh, what was already come to light um, that's what i'm hoping yes uh so yeah the pirate ship pops up with uh captain germs and his crew um and uh they they send out their their pirate skull and the two pirate stars and this is when uh uh, Captain Jims reveals his secret weapon, uh, unveiling his cape. Hiding is Coconut. Uh, she is, in fact, the captain's daughter. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Ca- Captain Jimothy's daughter is right here. She she was, uh, you know, on their side the whole time. She's given them all of their secrets, and she even pulls out the octa balloon and pops it. <laughs> what a what a fucking power move! <laughs> what an incredible goblin child this is. Like, yeah. And and she was like, hold. She must have been just holding on to uh, Captain Jean's leg, like under his cape, this whole time while you approached. Because yeah, he just like opens his cape, and there she is. Surprise. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, he's a pirate. He's got big boots on. You know, <laughs> me and my sore legs can attest that four year olds just love holding on to people's legs as they walk around. Yeah, favorite <laughs> hobby. Um, so. Earlier in the episode, he um, Kalua kept saying to Karen, calling her uh, Naysan, <laughs> calling her big sister the entire time, um, which is really sweet. Uh, now, she's got a different um, uh, speech pattern and says Pion the entire time. <laughs> she's just saying Pion, <laughs> which um, means like a cutesy hop, like a bunny rabbit or a frog. 
but is also a um, honorific for uh, Ear Cutie, which I thought was okay. very sweet. So yeah. she keeps calling everybody Pion now. <laughs> just just uh, know her own cute girl. Yeah. Uh, very important. Uh, Icky and Koji are surprised that Karen is holding it together completely unfazed uh, in her character as she watches uh, this girl pop uh, Karen's lovingly uh, worked octo balloon. Uh, so she's, you know, setting up that she's got it together. Um, um, in the sub, that is not what happens. Oh. We repeatedly <laughs> cut to uh, Space Meta Fighter X with a uh, dour cloud over her <laughs> and <laughs> anger radiating off. And they're saying, I can feel her anger from here. <laughs> what is she going to do? Uh, they are terrified. The joke that oh, they just don't feel like the anger stoking inside of her. But I guess the the sub went there already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, very very angry this whole time. Yes, it's great. We love to see an um, angry Karen not call on her uh, fighter jet army. Yeah, or on your manager or whatever. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, uh, Coconut starts to taunt them by letting uh, her dad know all of their weaknesses. Mostly, they can't cooperate at all. Uh, so this is when Metavi gets mad, runs in, and starts shooting at them. And they completely no shell the uh, no sell the shots because they were faking it in the previous match to to you know uh, put them over. Uh, this is when Similodon decides he's going to go in and just gets fucking tripped by uh, uh, Piriskull, and uh, the Piristars begin to stomp on him. Uh, Kochi kind of like orders him to roll back and they regroup and um, Metabi has the incredibly bright eyed idea miracle strategist here he thinks that maybe they should work like a team and Iki and Koji then fight more <laughs> I'm... he's like you two are supposed to be doing strategy just fucking do it you're a team <laughs> to act like it yeah. I'm gonna let you guys know at no point in the entire episode, do they believe they should work as a team in the sub? <laughs> no, not, not a single wow. part. Not even Karen comes up with the idea of working as a team, <laughs> which is great. Um, I I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, at least in the dub, uh, Karen is the one to break up this this fight finally and says that she's declaring herself team leader because they need one. And uh, she sends out Neutroners in crane mode. Assume crane formation. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, oh, also, there is we do there is like a a uh, what a, a, a commercial break eye catch, and the thing that we do focus on is it seems like they took a crowd shot and zoomed in like way too much on on Henry in the background being shocked while holding <laughs> like a, a one of those like cigarette concession boxes full of food. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it cuts to him a few times and just, like, in the sub, it cuts to him a few times just saying a line here or there. Yeah. Um, so, you're going to love this. In the sub, uh, Karen goes, I don't like people who quarrel all the time. That's what gets these two boys to stop fighting, is she says, I won't like you if you do this. Um, yeah. But she goes, know yourself, know your enemies, and strategy will show. St. Nurse, crane wing formation. And then we get narrator popping in. Okay. Famous octopus, their narrator. <laughs> uh, crane wing formation is a tactic that corners the enemy by spreading out, uh, spreading one's troops out on both sides. It is best known as the uh, Shingen Takeda strategy. How Karen knows this is anybody's guess. And then uh, So, 
Yeah, we we do get two things here. One, the dub uh, takes it as a Karate Kid reference, and uh, specifically says, "Oh, the reason that this that she's doing this is because it's a, a formation that kind of like draws people in. Uh, it's what uh, uh, in fencing, it's what we would call a um, uh, uh, the fool guard because it's a guard that's specifically made to it's difficult to actually attack or defend from, and it's specifically done to draw in an opponent so then you can make a move." Um, uh, and what, what the sub is referencing is like a very classic, complicated, uh, spike and, uh, uh, pike and musket formation mm-hmm. that would have been really, really common in the, the Sengoku era of Japan because they, uh, it, they, they had Sengoku era of Japan had about as complicated, if not more complex, like, uh, a pike and musket formation strategy as like some of the, like, you know, biggest like most experienced armies in like germany or italy did in in at the same time so uh yeah it's i i personally like the sub reference better <laughs> and takeda shin takeda shin himself was also like one of the great warlords of that time you know like he had conflicts with oda toku and uh, tokugawa like he he was in there yeah I, I want it's been a long time since I studied any of this stuff, but I want to say that the 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 specific formation they're talking about is having like a having a column of infantry and muskets like a long column. And then in the back, you have all of the cavalry. And so when the um, uh, when the enemy tries to either charge the front of the column or try to flank the sides of the column, that's when the uh, the the cavalry moves out to the sides and counterflanks the the attacking force. Uh, yeah, fun that's, stuff. That's good to know because that's almost exactly what ends up happening. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because it turns out what Nutridurse is actually doing is using uh, her powers to make the pirates simp for her. If you got those powers, use them. <laughs> she starts to Saint radiate Nurse. light. <laughs> Saint Nurse the Nasty knows what works. <laughs> oh, Saint Nurse the Nasty. She's no, getting no. him to. Yeah, she's handing out the 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 cards for her OnlyFans. You know. It's, no, is this good the stuff. Dom text you were talking about just a few minutes ago? This yes, this is the Dom text. <laughs> um. In the sub, uh, St. Nurse just says, hello, pleased to meet your acquaintance, to which the pirates replied, the pleasure's all mine. Yeah. And then she starts uh, healing them. Yeah. In the dub, they say it's so warm and soothing and they feel so rejuvenated, but it's basically completely distracted them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they explain, uh, they explained, oh, they sailed here from the Caribbean. They must be tired. She's making them less tired now. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah. Doesn't seem tactically great, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it certainly doesn't play out great for them because uh, B and Sinovodon then charge in to take them out, and they do get some hits in, uh, but they manage to retreat, and Nutrinurse is left with no energy. She's completely defeated, uh, depleted of, of any resources. Uh, and now they're both de- uh, stuck defending Nutrinurse, and they're kind of like they're, they're cornered and stuck in a tight formation again, uh, which is when the Caribbean team decides to activate their Bermuda Triangle attack. <laughs> Uh, very cool hand signal. Um, what's less great is the narrator <laughs> who says, um, the Bermuda Triangle is an area formed by three islands in the Pacific Ocean. It is said that countless ships and planes have disappeared while crossing this triangular area. Um, I listened to it multiple times. It is the Pacific Ocean that they say multiple times. Yeah. Um, which it's it's not. 
for our listeners at home. It's that makes Atlantic me feel Ocean. better than in the yeah. It makes me feel that in the dub they explicitly call it out as being in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it yeah. It oof. <laughs> Which, if they're from the Caribbean, <laughs> I'm just you know gonna, the I'm the Filipino say, Caribbean. Uh, the 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 South the uh, South China Sea Caribbean. Yeah, I'm just gonna uh, guess that it was a goof up. And they didn't expect anyone to pay attention or care. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I had to listen to that multiple times just just to make sure. And then I yes, I did Google it just so I wasn't the idiot here. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been really great though if you were here defending the the sub over the dub for this? Like I for like all of thirty seconds, I'll defend the sub over the dub. You know, every other episode. Not this yeah. episode necessarily, though. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, the Bermuda Triangle attack is pretty cool. It's kind of like the uh, the combined ninja attack from mm-hmm. several episodes ago. But basically, they all jump into the air and, and begin to pile drive down with their swords. Uh, but uh, Koji has Sumilodon come in and take the hit for Metabi. Uh, you know, he realizes that the key to teamwork means that sometimes they have to take it, take the hit for everybody else. Nope. Uh, and they do it so Meta B and Icky can finish the pirates off with the metaphors. <laughs> it also looks like he's physically hurting doing this. Yeah. Um, in the sub, he goes, "We're useless now. Now that they <laughs> now that they beat our shadow sword, we're nothing. We're just a hindrance to you. Um, we're just less teamwork and more." Yeah, we suck <laughs> as an individual. You do it now. Uh, I'm glad that in the sub they're learning literally nothing from this fight. Uh, <laughs> they're eight years old. These pirates are bragging earlier about beating up eight <laughs> an eight-year-old. A group yeah. of them. Three eight-year-olds. Each one of these guys are probably 30, if not older. <laughs> uh, this, this, well, you shouldn't be bragging beating up children necessarily this hard. Hey, they are I mean, children. They're... they're children that made it into the international Metabots competition. <laughs> yeah, if I go to Pokemon World and I beat up a ten-year-old that happens to be the Kanto champion, I'm cheering. <laughs> okay, but if they only ever fight other ten-year-olds, then you're kind of a dick. If you're the only person older, older than fifteen that they've ever met and talked to in person, you know, maybe don't brag they've so much. Beaten up on salary men. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it's fine because they're about to be toast uh, because Metabi summons the Metaforce, uh, says pirates hate sailing into gale force winds, but they're a breeze compared to Metaforce winds and just blows them up and they're dead. Uh, and says we didn't just wipe the floor with those guys. We swabbed the deck with them. I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like. There are so many, like, metaphors call-outs that I think he says the first half, and I'm like, damn, that's really good. And then he says the second half, and I'm like, you know, you could have stayed at the first half. <laughs> Listen, well, as, long as, as long as he's not saying, dude, I rock anymore, I'll take anything. <laughs> Bazinga. A, a clearing crew. <laughs> Fuck. Good night, everybody. Uh, so we cut to after the match, uh, coconut walks up to offer up her medal, but the team tells her to keep it and get stronger. She starts crying and says she'll learn from her mistakes. And we get a good PSA movement about, uh, for Metabi about respecting your teammates means respecting your opponents and also respecting your team. Uh, definitely a good Gatorade slap you on the back, hit those showers kind of, kind of scene right here. 
Um, it, it is slightly different. Um, so uh, Kalua walks up and offers her medal, saying, "You know, I'm also a meta fighter, so I'm going to abide by the rules." And they said, "No, they learned a valuable lesson. That's enough." And then uh, she starts crying and calls Karen uh, Onechan again, and she goes, "I'm not this Onechan you speak of. I'm Space Metarotter X." <laughs> <laughs> It just stares off to the side. Yeah. Cold as ice. She's got to stay in character. Yeah. Karen understands what kayfabe is. Um, we get probably the best, like, two seconds of the entire show after this, which is um, what I'm going to be gifting for sure. It's just the ref ugly crying. And I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, we do cut over to Henry, who says to himself in the audience that uh, now that they've finally learned how to work as a team, it might be time for Space, uh, Space Metafighter X to make his appearance. Which, why would Henry know that? Is what I don't understand, personally. Uh, <laughs> now that they learned to work as a team, I'm going to fuck that up. Henry! Well, he's not going to fuck it up. Space Metafighter X is going to yeah, show in. Because they're different people. Come on, Mitch. Keep up. Uh, again, they didn't learn their lesson in the sub. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think they learned the opposite of a lesson, almost. Yeah, everything worked out for them. Don't trust yeah. other people. Yeah. A good oh, lesson, man. to be fair. Uh, Don't trust a pirate, or anyone pirate adjacent, I suppose, is the yeah. lesson. Don't trust well, people named after fruit? Is that the lesson? They're certainly going to learn even more about uh, trust up next in the French Deception. I wonder what's going to happen in this episode. Um, it's got a better name here. <laughs> um, because it's about the Parade Brothers in the dub. That's not their name in the sub. Now, can you guys tell me a famous uh, thief in anime? Uh, Arsenio Lupin? Correct. <laughs> These are the Lupin Brothers. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Welcome to the Lupin Brothers costume parade. <laughs> so they're cosplayers. Um, and that's the second best part of this episode. Uh, them being so good at cosplay does explain certain things. Um, so we start off, Icky and Metabi are fighting. Icky's in his pajamas. Icky is mad because Metabi let him sleep in. Uh, but Metabi says, oh, well, you should just have an internal alarm clock like I do. And they get into a fight. Uh, Icky is stuck waiting on his dad to finish in the bathroom because his dad likes to soak for a long time. And uh, heads off with his mom because he's got a poop or pee or something. Um, which is, you know, Metabi's stuck hanging out in this hallway until Icky shows back up completely dressed and ready to go. And is like, hey, come on, let's get out of here. And, Icky, and Metabee's like, oh, that was fast. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go to the let's go to the arena. And they head outside. And uh, it's not Icky because fake Icky tases Metabee and knocks him out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's some rubber robo grade shit right there. Uh, no, because it's successful. <laughs> well, the device that he's using, I mean, yeah, like it looks like one of the rubber robos, like little hammers mm -hmm. that they keep using. Yeah, it does look like just the head of the hammer or something. <laughs> I wonder who produces these. Uh, the Metabot Corporation. All right. I mean, I can see it <laughs> for the army. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Aki's got to, uh, you know, work both sides of the thing here. Yeah. Um, Icky does run out in his PJs looking for Metabee and nearly sees his double. Uh, but heads back inside, assuming that Metabee wouldn't leave for the arena without him. Uh, and uh, we cut over. I, oh, yep. 
I love the detail that even like he's in his jammies, but he's got his he's got his shoes on. Yeah, like he's he's got his shoes on and they're untied, and it's like it's just this one little. It's a there's a lot of little touches in this in this uh, episode's animation. It's like ah, oh, yeah, there there was some extra care. Yeah, I I think because of uh the ways that um costuming and uh, clothes and fashion tie into a lot of parts of this episode that I feel like that like gave them an excuse to pay more attention to little stuff like that. And it's just, it is good to see. Uh, uh, but yeah, we cut over to the uh, the arena and uh, find out that uh, Team Greece has been defeated by Team Kenya in 37 seconds, which is a new record. So uh, this is a weird thing because it's Team Brazil in the sub. <laughs> instead of Team Africa? Instead of Team or Greece. Instead of Team Greece. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, my dude. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-seven like, seconds is still the same. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like the the only thing I could possibly think of is like the I the as much as I caught of the team Brazil slash Greece like uh, metabots. One of them had a sword, uh, and then maybe they just like oh, it's got a sword. Let's make it Greece now. Um, or maybe maybe one of them, one of, maybe somebody writing the localization just really hated Brazil. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Greece has had it too good in G Gundam. We need to really take them down, Peg. <laughs> I, I was going to go, maybe one of the translators was of, um, you know, Greek descent. Well, you know, we're going to throw Greece in here. Or we're also going to have them Brazilian be destroyed descent. in 37 seconds. Uh, well. To say that they weren't, des- that their country wasn't destroyed in 37 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so Arika is really worried because Team Japan didn't show up for their early round of practice. Um, and uh, this is when Henry pops by to say that uh, there's, you know, the the team they're facing off against Team France is a really shady bunch and they should be worried. Uh, it's around when Dr. Aki gets a call from Icky to say that Meta B's metal has been hold stolen. On. Yeah. <laughs> hold on a moment. Henry straight up says, he says, um, Team France, none of their opponents show up to fight and there's rumors that they steal medals. Yeah. <laughs> they basically like they've won every match they've been in by uh like uh what default. No shows. Yeah. yeah. Forfeit is what they keep saying in the the sub. Um Yeah. There's a cute thing that happens here and I'm going to keep interrupting for a little bit cuz there's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, um, no, I'm uh, 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 at least I'm just I am setting yeah. down the scene and then we can go back to whatever in that scene. Um Arika calls Henry Nichan. She, she, this is new in the tournament arc. She just starts calling him Nichan, which is very cute. Yeah. Everybody loves Henry, even if he hasn't been in season two. <laughs> it has. Oh, it's just been, it's been so long. Um, and certainly we've had a, uh, we know space metafighter X and Phantom Renegade have been very busy, but we've barely seen any Henry. <laughs> Gotta work. Well, it's cause we're never at his, we're never at the seven 11. Yeah. Boy's got to work, and we're never there. Well, a lot like half half of his earlier scenes were when everyone was hanging out where he was working. That's true. But now that everyone's busy, well, boy, spending all this time in school or being snowed in or whatever else we've done. Uh, that does take me back to when I was a uh, minimum wage teenager, uh, working at jobs, and the only time I saw my friends is when they hung out at my job, making my life harder. Uh, I guess that's very fair. I say minimum wage teenager as opposed to a minimum wage adult now, I guess. Yeah, because no <laughs> one comes to visit you at work when you're a minimum wage adult. Uh, <laughs> they do not. Well. 
uh, I can I can count the number of times people visited me at my restaurant job on two hands, and I worked there for eight years. <laughs> well, as um, an adult, I like to think it's because your friends know that they shouldn't go to your place of employment because you don't want to see them. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Please don't make my life harder while I'm at work. I already have other people for that. <laughs> oh, yes, man. we well, got back to uh, yeah. to one of the best uh, scenes in the show. Yeah, we're at Icky's house, uh, who is ready to break down crying over the loss of um, uh, this uh, uh, his his perfect Metabot Metabee's uh, rare metal. Uh, Henry immediately points out, yeah, Team France is probably to blame. Uh, it's you know they've they all of their enemies uh, forfeit. There's rumors they've been stealing medals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and um, uh, this is when we find out who they are. They are the three Beret brothers. Uh, Sam, do you wanna you wanna tell us their names? <laughs> we have Jean Luc, Jean Paul, and Jean Guy. <laughs> and it is time for France to get to work. <laughs> now, like I said in the sub, they are uh, the Lupin brothers. But if you check the Discord real quick, here's their names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe this reads. Um, the swear Lupin. That swear Lupin. What swear Lupin? I don't know if this is like, part of the linguist jokes going in, go, like happening here, but sœur, S-O-E-U-R, sœur, is the French word for sister. Mm-hmm. Which, all right, yeah, okay. Um, this is the best. Like, these names are the best. And yeah. yes... That is not uh, translated. That, that it's actually what they say multiple times in this episode. <laughs> oh man! And uh, uh, just just because we, I do want to talk about what these guys look like. One of them is your classic monocled top hat phantom phantom thief with a Vincent Price mustache. One of them is just the largest man ever created, who's also bald. And then one of them is just <laughs> like uh, Dark Universe Freddy from uh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I mean, he looks like um, he looks like if Scooby Doo was made by um, I got uh, what are they uh, Games Workshop, and it's just a little miniature model of him. <laughs> He's just all angles, and they're all bad and melty. Yeah, uh, it's good. I love their designs. These are some of the best designs for characters we've had in the show. <laughs> yeah, he's evil Gremlin Freddy, who has kept himself like as thin as possible to be so that he can like get away on his heists. <laughs> um, if it helps, I also marked down throughout the episode which brother was impersonating who. So okay. the person impersonating Icky at this time is Zatsu, the older brother with the monocle. <laughs> Uh, which I believe is uh, I, I thought that was John Luke, uh, but I don't know. I can't, I know you're yeah, right. My I can my, barely keep my track. My notes were mixed up for the first two. Uh, yeah, it's it's John Luke. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so Icky runs off in rage to confront the Beret brothers, uh, which is when they run into Koji in his meta truck, his big van that he uh, we've seen him use before at, at tournaments, um, and they give him the they give him the info. He's uh, incredulous that 
Icky could possibly let uh, Metabi get his medal stolen. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, you know, we should check on Smelodon. And Koji's like, oh, no, he's fine. He's been in our truck the whole time. He's he's perfectly safe. Uh, and then, you know, they get him to relent. He opens it up. And Smelodon has also had his medal stolen. And then a cabinet pops open. And the Mr. Butler has been tied up and gagged. <laughs> Smelodon falls like a dead body. Here. He is. It's horrifying. He's dead. He is dead. Uh, His soul got got stolen. Yeah. Um, this is when we cut over to uh, another scene where we see uh, the butler and Icky uh, talking, and, and we just get the t- two of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. Just, the magnifique. Très bien. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're really laying it on. Uh, but they call the final brother, or I guess the final brother is like just off screen, and he says he'll finish the job completely. Um, we're in it. Uh, <laughs> so the butler was the big bald brother, which which I find very funny. They didn't go for the mustache brother. Yeah. For the guy with the, the mustache. mustache brother, yeah. The mustache brother uh uh shrank in size uh like 300% and the uh the the big brother just sucked his his gut up into his nose, I guess. Um I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they're pulling this off, but they but they are. That's what the mustache is. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's a good bit and I love it. Uh so, uh Iki and Koji go banging down on the French team's door. They ask a nearby security guard to go in and check uh, because they, you know, they're trying to find the French team. And uh, he says, oh, even better, I'll let you in and uh, pulls out some some key cards and slides it open. Um, uh, But no one's there. Uh, While they continue to search, uh, Aki runs off to check with the uh, the officials to see if they can delay the match. While Henry uh, says that he's going to go check on their third teammate. Um, While uh, Iki and Koji... um, you know, uh, they're like, oh, hey, yeah, speaking of which, um, if they go, uh, we've got to make sure that Karen's okay, they might try and steal Neutronurse's uh, medal because they've seen Neutronurse, which uh, is pleasantly overheard by the security guard, who turns out to be the third brother in disguise. <laughs> this is a good plan. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm so used to, like, the rubber robos. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are pretty effective at what they're doing. Yeah, it's wild to see a competent crime crime group be able to execute a, a heist. Uh, I'm glad we don't have it more often. Because, again, yeah. they're creating a heist against eight-year-olds. <laughs> they didn't have to go oh, this excellent. hard. Yeah. Uh, we have fooled them. <laughs> Uh, Iki and Koji uh, find Karen um, and uh, uh, grab Nutridurus and immediately tell her that they've got a hider. Uh, they can't, they don't have time to explain, uh, you know, somebody's coming after them and just start trying to grab Nutrinurse and pull her away from Karen, which is when the Phantom Renegade comes on the scene, swoops in and grabs Nutrinurse. Uh, because it turns out that Iki and Koji are actually beret brothers in disguise um before we get into this great great bit i i fell for this i have i thought retort was the fake one of this scene because <laughs> we haven't seen him in so long and the animation looked just slightly off for a moment so i'm like oh all right and then when it turned out it was Iki and koji in disguise i it got me i was i was tricked bamboozled yeah it would have worked on me. 
Yeah, uh, we do get this horrifying transformation sequence where we just see their uh, uh, their shadows transform uh, as we cut back over to see that uh, they are large adult Icky and large adult Koji, and then they rip their masks off. Uh, <laughs> we we get like three frames of it like head on where Icky's head starts like twitching mm-hmm. left and right and going forwards. It's like, Oh God, <laughs> this is horrifying. What are you doing? Metabots? <laughs> and then we get like cracking, squishing sounds. We it's full on body horror. Yeah. It's great. We love it. Uh, they're just, they're werewolves, but for, uh, small children, uh, uh, so, uh, they, you know, they, they do manage to, uh, uh, like a, a Phantom Renegade escapes, uh, throwing a smoke bomb and uh, getting away in a balloon um, and uh, getting nutrients to safety. But uh, the Beret brothers realize, well, we can either take their Metabot or we can take their Metafighter and they grab Kieran and run off with her, um, uh, which makes, uh, uh, you know, Phantom Renegade realize they, they're going to need a new Space Metafighter X and they know exactly who to go to. I appreciate that they're like, they see the obstacle and they're like, well, whatever. We're just going to take the girl then. Like, we're already kidnapping children. It's fine. This is what a real go-getter is about. Uh, you, if, 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 you know, God steals your lemons, then you make sugar water. <laughs> um, so, in the sub, uh, Retort doesn't have an idea of what to do. Uh, he's swinging. And swings right over Sam's head and falls down. <laughs> and then stands up, puts his head on Sam's shoulder. He goes, I'm going to leave this to you. And then runs away. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's, it's not a straight up plan. It's just, well, all right. Thank you. I, I for one, like to believe that uh, the Phantom Renegade, as a part of a crime syndicate of Phantom Renegades, uh, has had Sam scouted for a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. she is a gang leader. She could be potentially uh, apprenticed into the Phantom Renegades at one point, and this is just maybe like kind of a tryout for it. Uh, because as we know, Phantom Renegade does masquerade as Space Metafighter X. So if Sam can do that, then she can certainly become a Phantom Renegade. Well, uh, here's the problem with that. The, the problem is Sam can't be a retort because Sam would become the boss, and we can clearly see that the retorts are more of an uh, anarchist group. There's no one leader. They're all the Listen, it's it's a part of the apprenticeship is reading theory. Mm. Uh, it's a test you got to pass. Uh, and if she can cut it, she can. If she can't, well, uh, she can go off. I mean, her pepper cat is red. She's probably a tanky. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I think pepper cat's red because red makes it go faster. <laughs> Both can be true. Um, now I just want to, uh, uh, take the, the famous image of I'm going to the bathroom, a cat with a, uh, a communist flag behind it saying we're going to the bathroom and replace it with pepper cat. <laughs> <laughs> I could go for more pepper cat memes in my life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the real Icky and Koji do manage to, they're, they're running around. They've been orbiting the entire arena. They're, they're honestly surprised at how big it is and managed to see the beret bros with, uh, Karen tied up and gagged, uh, running off into a, a like, you know, an under construction part of the arena. And so they follow suit. Um, uh, they find them in there with Karen and a sack full of metals as they tell Wait, one Karen. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> 
I do want to shut out Karen complaining and saying, I thought French people were supposed to be nice. <laughs> they are, but we are not. <laughs> I've never, well, hmm. I've met one nice French person. <laughs> I have not. I've met plenty of French people. None of them were necessarily kind, no. I've I've made a French person make the ha 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 laugh before, like... Yeah, unironically, we do it to uh, Sam all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're monologuing their entire plan to uh, um, to Karen, explaining that they're going to keep her locked up in here, and even if they have Nutrinurse, they still won't be able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, finish the match. So they're clearly going to win. Um, and uh, this is when uh, the boys run in and they demand Karen back along with their medals. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 Jean-Luc uh, asked for proof. Oh, these this bag of medals was here when we got here. You can't prove that we stole it. It's not ours. You're going to be better proof than that. Uh, and uh, while they kind of like fight a little bit about that uh and uh you know koji brings up well you know you did kidnap karen we just have to tell the cops that you're child kidnappers uh it turns out they've already escaped from the room and locked koji karen and icky inside so they are definitely gonna win this match at this point these eight-year-olds have never fought against against adults this competent and the thing that really surprised me is you know icky starts getting ready to dig through this bag of metals to find metabi and smilodon's metals only to cut over to john luke already having the two metals because of course why would they put them in the obvious bag where they could be found they would keep them on their person uh they don't they don't know that all our medals are in there (laughs) except the ones that they want (laughs) And he does. Uh, he hands them off to Jean Guy to uh, to dispose of them, or or even better, destroy them. <laughs> this episode fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, the dub. The dub is so good. I I can't say it's better necessarily because of the names, but uh, the watch both episodes if you're going to watch them. Yeah. Are they? I would be interesting to see if if there's a certain like style of Japanese speech that is purposely used to read as French or something. Uh, that would be a fun thing to find out. But uh, I did not hear them once go. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's not better necessarily. But um, <laughs> well, step so step one, we go watch the Dexter's Lab omelette du fromage episode. <laughs> In Japanese, oh. and try to see if there is a different dialect that we can detect. Yeah, and then we come back to this episode and see if it's the same. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. That that sounds like my kind of work, where it's not necessarily uh, good or smart <laughs> or efficient, but it's fun. Uh, all I know is that around this time or a little bit later is when, uh, there was, there was a big, like, France craze in Japan and, like, cafes and stuff got really popular and it did lead to, um, uh, a, like, a a short period of time where, uh, because, you know, the, the, the sound for, like, R and L are usually treated as, as the same as far as, like, Japanese goes, um, uh, there was a, uh, while like up until this point there 
you had a pretty good mix of of making sure that the um the consonant was correct when when translating uh, or doing like romanji or that kind of thing instead to like during this period like every single like you know, uh, like romance, like port, uh, port word they were using. Uh, if there was an R, they were treating as an L because they wanted it to sound more French. <laughs> and it, it, it makes some of the, uh, some of the, the mech names and Gundam seed very, very ridiculous. <laughs> that explains so much. Yeah. Oh, oh man. It's yeah. Something about the mid to late two thousands. It was just, wow. Like French and German were so popular as far as like translation languages for like filling out like sci-fi and fantasy stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm down. <laughs> uh, and we still, we are still under the tyranny of the phantom thieves to this day. <laughs> Uh, I I do really appreciate uh, Japan for keeping the gentleman thief Arsene Lupin alive in everyone's thoughts. Uh, <laughs> Detective Kaito got a movie like two years ago or yeah. something. Like, how is that franchise still going? Uh, so, uh, Mr. Referee is talking to Dr. Aki, and he is refusing to delay the match. He will not bend the rules. Uh, Rintaro is here, regrettably, uh, and he and Arika can't manage to find Iki Koji or Karen anywhere. Rintaro is here, uh, but he gets no speaking lines. Oh, God, what a good episode you have. Uh, <laughs> um, the berets come in, uh, they're ready to accept their victory, uh, and they reveal their metabots. Hold on, hold on um, real quick. When, yeah? <laughs> when they come in, everyone boos them. Yeah. <laughs> Because they all know. They all know they're up to no good. And don't forget, they come down dans un montgolfière. <laughs> oh, man. I just um, love the fact that they get booed. Like, that's just so good. Yeah. Um, hey, what's uh, what's y'all's favorite metabot of the French team? Is it the um, uh, the the weird theatric gentleman with uh, bicycle wheels for legs? Is it the the strange um, baguette baguette uh, baker that has fire attacks, or is it the fucking gun? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Dirty Harry the gun. I'm sorry, Wild Harry <laughs> is obviously named after Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, is pretty good. Um, I would have figured you would have liked Hama Goemon, because he's the most Japanese thing on the team. He's just Goemon. Yeah, I don't... Like, yeah, there's just something... I Like, there's something about the way that they they do him in the, in the dub that makes him seem like he's supposed to be a baker or something. But yeah, no, he's an opium pipe. He's an opium pipe in Metabot form, which is very strange to me. <laughs> Everything about... He's, he's got the Goemon, like, like the, the game Goemon, like, colors and shapes. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah. Paraphernalia. Like, he, he's, he's a Goemon yeah. pipe. Hey, what if your Metabot was a ninja and a bong? <laughs> That'd be dope as hell, and you know it. <laughs> You know, you know. There's a good bunch of people that would have it. You're friends with a lot of people who would have a ninja bong, metabot. Yeah. <laughs> now, my favorite thing about the French team is the name of their leader's metabot is Le Villain. <laughs> he's he's got a top hat, a monocle, a mustache, just like uh, that's Le Pont. Yeah, and his name is Le Villain. 
Yeah. One of how one of how his do we arms know these guys is a are, shield that's yeah. How do we know these guys are bad guys? Well, his name's literally the villain. <laughs> hey, listen, that's the model number of the metabot. You can't assign morality like that. Listen, in French, vilain could also mean just someone who's kind of like grumpy and nasty. Uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily someone who is a villain. <laughs> God, it could just be someone who's mean. This episode absolutely fucking rules. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Again, it is the best episode since we saw Miss Caviar. Yeah, um, and uh, it really seems like Team Japan is about to forfeit until Space Metafighter, uh, Space Metafighter X flies in, and she was born for this. She does the Sentai pose. She and Pepper Cat form two big X's. This fucking rules. I love this. <laughs> I paused and rewind this like ten times because I'm like Pepper Cat is doing the pose as well. Yeah. I I love Saint Nurse the Nasty, but she didn't do the pose. Yeah, Pepper Cat did. Saint Nurse Listen, the Nasty I'm... has those messed up arms. <laughs> um, well, I think it's the fact that she's she has a skirt. Like she she can't actually like put her legs in the right position. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Shoddy, what the messed up arms do? Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so Sam gives a nice little speech because Sam Sam gets it. Yeah, the speech is a little different. I'm the leader of the Japanese team, the Robattle Angel of Love and Beauty, descending from a faraway galaxy. My name is Space Metafighter X. Hell yeah, <laughs> she gets it. Yeah, she's Sam got the heart. She's got the kayfabe down. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then we cut over to the crowd and we see Sloane and Spike. Sloan yeah. goes, that's our boss. There's no way to doubt it. And Spike goes, wow, Space Metafighter X. He's even cooler today than usual for some reason. Yeah. And- <laughs> uh, in the in the dub, his response is, well, I know, she, uh, I know Space Metafighter X is the exact same height, hair color, build, and personality, but I think it's just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. She may have boss's height, boss's hair, and boss's metabot, but I'm sure that's a coincidence. <laughs> no, I really, because uh, Spike keeps referring to uh, Space Metafighter X we're talking about him as a he. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just love that dumb trope of, what do you mean I'm not straight? <laughs> what, what do you mean that person I'm in love with is a, you know, cross-dressing? I can't believe that. <laughs> it's It happens all the time at old sitcoms. It happens at, it, hap- it happens a little too often, but it it gets me every time. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, Mr. Referee does ask Space Metafighter X uh, where her teammates are, uh, and uh, is it now or late? Oh, it's later when she she deploys her plan for this, but we cut over to uh, Koji trying to get the door open while Icky is still digging through the bag of metals trying to find their metals, and uh, they're kind of complaining back and forth each other about this, which is when Karen pulls out uh, her little her little pocketbook and says she has just the thing for this and, and pulls out... Uh, a, a you know a bobby pin so that she can pick the door right. She's gonna pick the door with it. That was my first thought. Karen is always prepared. Yeah, she she puts She's it on the door prepared. and then she runs away with it with an electrical wire and she blows the door up <laughs> because it's a micro explosive. Okay, so a couple things. She tells Koji to get away from the door and then doesn't wait for him to leave before pressing the button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, she says, uh, being well-prepared is being without worry, which is nice. But this is where I go, what if Karen isn't an android? What if she was trained by Retort to replace Retort? 
replace the concept of the phantom thief retort what if we just think she's great at everything because she's trained by the best person in the whole world the phantom thief retort it would explain a reason Oh, yeah, go for it. No, go ahead. I, I think you're about to say the same thing oh. that I was going to say. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's like she was his first pick to replace him and fill in for mm-hmm. him as Space Metafighter mm-hmm. X. And they're on like a personal phone call basis. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it makes sense. I'm not and Dr. Aki and Phantom Renegade do have a very close, close relationship. So, you know, it could be that Dr. Aki built Karen to replace the Phantom Renegade true but that would require aki to be a good person at least to some degree because karen's a good person uh well no because like uh except for put in a you know karen aki probably hid like an order 66 thing in her so that he can use her to steal things for him yeah and or he uh he has it all set up so that karen's going to continue stealing from the metabots corporation conveniently put it in the mansion that she shares with Aki and Aki's just going to write it off on taxes while also still having the object in question. Oh yeah. The old insurance fraud angle. <laughs> okay. So Karen has a sewing kit with um lock picking and um explosives. Plastic explosives? Yeah. <laughs> uh last time we saw Karen was the zoo episode. Well not last time we saw Karen you know, we saw Karen at the zoo episode with a grappling hook, smoke bombs and uh, sneaking gear for everybody. Yeah. We keep seeing Karen do these things. What if Karen's uh, money isn't actually uh, generational wealth, like we were told? What if Karen just steals a bunch of shit and now has a lot of money? You know, she did have that rubber robo costume ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go out and say something stupid like Karen's actually the evil cat. But... uh, that would have been funny. She she might be the cat's competition. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the yeah. rubber robos are up to. I'm sure they're going to show up in the next couple of episodes, hopefully. Uh, or um, or maybe Sea Slug uh, retired and is now uh, back to being Tuna Head and marrying Miss Caviar right now as we speak. And the show's worse off for not showing it. Yeah, if they did that off screen, I would quit the podcast. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, back to back to the seat at hand. Uh, Koji and Iki begin to fight. Koji says that they need to stop looking for the uh, for their their Metabots uh, medals. They need to get out there as soon as possible. You know, if they don't, they're going to have to forfeit. And their only way to possibly win and get to another uh, battle is to borrow somebody else's Metabots and just get on stage to fight. But Iki refuses. He will not row battle with that. He will either row battle with Metabi or he will not at all. And begins to drag the entire bag to the ring so that they can be at the ring and try and sort this out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Koji and Karen do kind of relent and begin to help him carry this giant bag of metals to the ring. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a good little argument. Uh, Koji focusing on the responsibility, meanwhile, like, also still being upset, is pretty good. Like they both have, you know, some very fun, valid points. Um, yeah. uh, these are, you know, it's in neither of them is in the wrong here. Like they're both valid for what they're doing. And the good thing is, is they, they all determine to like work together at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing. They learned that lesson last episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good thing. They learned about teamwork. Um, I, I really like Iggy's self-awareness of going, look, I only met Medibi like four months ago. 
when I started this. <laughs> It'd be weird if I did it without him now. Yeah. I haven't fought with um, any other metabot, so might as well do it with him. Yeah. Uh, back at the arena, there is only one minute left. Uh, this is when Space Metafighter X says that she can channel her teammates with her psychic powers. So they they, they are here and present, and uh, she has the power of three Metafighters. And uh, space, uh, the Mr. Referee says that channeling uh, your teammates is illegal according to the rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Explicitly, the rules ban channel. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see if the first person to do that was just, you know, like Space Metafighter X here and just goofing, going, oh, yeah, I'm channeling them because they're not here. Or if someone yeah. legitimately tried to channel someone else and like, no, 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 we can see your psychic. That That's cheating now. Yeah. Both it's, are. They're using the gal- they try to use the galactic groove, which is banned by the Geneva Convention. <laughs> Soup is banned. <laughs> Um, uh, in the sub, uh, there's nothing to worry about. Their souls are burning inside of Space Matter Fighter X's heart. I'll be more than enough. And then a, you know, big hearty laugh. And the ref just goes, yeah, no, I don't accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is when the team finally gets here. Um, Karen is so excited to be able to see Space Matter Fighter X and just starts clapping like a seal. And I, this is the only emotion that I feel. (laughs) Like, I am so happy that Karen is happy. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, uh, you know, Koji and Aki throw down the proof that Team France has stolen medals, uh, and they cackle. They call the uh, uh, the accusations false, and there's no way to prove uh, that, that uh, those are theirs or that they stole them, and they're going to need better proof than that. Um, and this is, however, when John Guy gives the medals back. Uh, uh, the you know the Icky's rare medal and and uh, uh, Smilodon's regular medal because it turns out that John Guy has been the Phantom Renegade in disguise. This is an Ace Attorney level twist. <laughs> this is the best episode. This episode's yeah. incredible. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it, it wasn't surprising because uh, yeah. we got an extended seed of the coins going into John Guy's hands. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, uh, Lupin? Yeah. But uh God this damn. is when the uh the of uh, the of uh, uh yeah, like Jean Guy runs up tied uh, like like with a rope wrapped around him from like off screen shouting like how could you possibly mistake him for me? Uh and they get into a fight and that's when they let slip that yes they did actually steal the medals and the entire ref union circles around them and takes that as a as a uh you know a uh, an admittance of guilt. <laughs> okay. Uh, when he runs up, he's screaming, watch out. You gave him the medals that we stole. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, you idiot. You just told him we stole those medals. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess we know who the stupidest brother is. <laughs> I think they're all the stupid brothers. <laughs> and then, yes, we get all these extra refs. Yeah. We love referees on this show. <laughs> uh um, with with the sanction of the uh of the ref union, Meta V does say that he has a glow about him and immediately goes to attack them with the metaphors. Uh which they say it you know, he can't defeat us all at once, uh even though he has the legendary metaphors, and then he immediately defeats all of them at once. <laughs> I feel cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> I have a glow about me. me. 
Oh, Metapod. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and this is when Mr. Referee announces that because of, of the fraudulent crimes of the Beret brothers, they are not only declaring the match in default for Team Japan, but also the Beret brothers are banned for life from uh, the Metabots, uh, you know, competition circuit. <laughs> Quel dommage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, this next bit got me, too. The The ending bit. Yeah, uh, we, we cut to, you know, uh, Medivy and Icky walking home victorious in the sunset. Uh, they have a bit of a touching moment where B's like, oh, Koji told me about the great things that you said about me and how you wouldn't want to win the tournament without me. And Icky's like, oh, no, I only said that uh, to make uh, uh, <laughs> Koji think that I like you. Uh, you know what we should really do? Uh, we should help those Beret brothers. They were really nice. We should get, help them get uh, get their uh, their rights to meta competitions back. <laughs> Uh, which is when they realize that this is actually John Luke in disguise again. <laughs> now, the reason why this got me is because this isn't how it ended in the sub. Uh, Metabee's just walking oh. quietly. And Icky goes uh, on a little short speech and goes, you know, I realize today that you're the only partner I want. Um, you know, we're best friends. Like, I don't think I can do this without you. And I'm a better person with you around here together forever right so so Medibi points a gun on his head and goes all right who are you you fake bastard <laughs> and then shoots him and then it's John Luke. <laughs> so oh man so, much better bit so i was absolutely like absolutely a better bit. i was like oh icky's opening up and then Medibi goes oh who are you you fake bastard and i'm like all right that's a good bit and then he shoots and it's actually fake and like oh my god and then icky runs up tied up and they all run away but I, I got faked out twice on this show. This this is a perfect episode. Um, it, God, if only two episodes of Metabots existed, and it was this and Love at First Bite, ten out of ten, perfect anime, <laughs> just absolutely amazing. God, um, they won. Um, so the first time around, they won the uh, the pirate leader's head. Um, the skull cap, which is the gold, which gave him a Gatling gun that shot from the skull eyes on the hat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is cool. This time around, yeah. uh, they won the gray brain, which is just the villain's head. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is just a fun name. All the way around. These two episodes <laughs> were great. This episode was phenomenal. Sam, you were right. Told you. Tournament arc, fucking incredible shit. God. <laughs> These two episodes, incredible shit. Just great stuff. Yeah. Uh, good. It's good anime. It's a very good anime. I can't believe only four people watched it when it came out. <laughs> and you were one of them. Oh, man. Unfortunately, I didn't have, I did not have disposable income at the time to so, to support the show as it, pro, as it probably should have been. Yeah, um, I definitely uh, did not have, as a, what, a, an 11 or 12 year old, did not have any money to, to throw at this. <laughs> I think I was buying all the Pokemon stuff at this time, so. <laughs> That's not true. I was, uh, I was the only Digimon fan in my town. I went to... Uh, Objectively better show. I went to the Digimon movie premiere. Uh, I was the only person in the theater. So that was fun. Uh, I found out later that they stopped showing it like two days later because no one bought a ticket but me. <laughs> Damn, ours was packed. <laughs> we had nobody. Then again, we we only have the one... Uh, we had the one theater with like maybe 50 or so chairs per 
room and it had like six rooms. That was like the one theater for I, a fairly large amount of real estate. I, I didn't even get to see it in theaters. I think I had to wait like a year to see it on TV or like maybe like a friend of mine like rented it from a video store. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I was too busy investing in Digimon at the time and buying a bunch of Pokemon shit. Um, yeah, I, I'm part of the problem here. I'm trying to make up for it now, obviously. I, I don't mean, have yes, a... we do have we do have this the only and single best Metabots podcast in existence. So <laughs> we're we're spreading the spreading the word. We we have to. It's it's penance. Oh man. So, um Sam, where can we find you anymore? You can f- you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ, and you can find the other podcast I the podcast I actually host, uh, 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 which is, uh, uh, <laughs> almost got me. The podcast that I actually host, uh, which is at Bleachcast on Twitter, and it's It'll Wash Out, a Bleach rewatch podcast. <laughs> so, uh, how many other Bleach podcasts are there? I haven't done my research. Too many to count. There, <laughs> there were many, but hey, we got at Bleachcast. <laughs> Wow, how do you not get that? Like, oh man. Uh, cl- yeah, clearly they've been drinking bleach. Uh, Boo. Not have gotten now, that. granted, there are going to be more happening like next year uh, because bleach is getting a new anime. So that's happening. also boo. <laughs> but we're only, I'm only going to see that like five years from now. It's fine. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I do not have to worry about the Nazis and bleach until then. Whew. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy on Twitter. It's, uh, God, I'm on there too much anymore. It's all I do. <laughs> and, uh, Colin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find my public account on Twitter at Pagetish. Uh, you can find my private Twitter if you want to chance me maybe letting you subscribe to it at Pagetesque. Uh, and you can find the other show that I've started, uh, Commonwealth Climate Talks, which is an actual serious podcast where I interview people, uh, in the environmental justice community in Virginia. Um, yeah. <laughs> First episode uh, of that can just came out, right? Uh, the, um, by the time this, well, yes, as, as of when we are recording this, I did finally publish it like officially, um, and made sure it was on Spotify and iTunes and Apple podcasts and Google play and all that stuff. Um, so it should, it should be absolutely everywhere now. Um, I am still hitting refresh over and over again to see if our social media manager has put it on YouTube and Facebook and all that kind of stuff yet, uh, which hasn't happened, but uh, yeah, if you're one of those people who likes listening to podcasts as a video, uh, we, we, we'll get you hooked up. Not for Metabots, though. You can only find Metabots at Metawatch, or you can only find Metawatch at Metawatch and at Metarotch on Twitter uh, and, you know, wherever you want to get podcasts from. Um, certainly not YouTube, definitely not Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine us putting out a YouTube show with this. Oh, man. No, no, thank you. 
Yeah, I think if we were going to have to do that, we'd have to have one of those like setups where like, yeah, it's like got a, a, a video on like one of us with like a bunch of those like, uh you know, egg carton, like audio foam things behind us to make it look like we're in a studio. And then the other one is just like a uh, kind of like a low rent, like webcam video or maybe just a headshot. I don't know. No. Uh, we'll workshop no, it. So no. I so yesterday. <laughs> I learned how to make it so that you can have a, um, you get a signal from Discord that says when each person is speaking, and you can basically give it like, when someone is speaking, use this, show this image, and when they're not speaking, show this image, to show basically just have like three 2D images, and when someone is speaking, that image lights up and just has an open mouth. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I was gonna say we'll just have like Windows Movie Maker. And just a blue screen that says Meta Watch episode blah blah blah, and I'm just constantly flipping through just screenshots I stole from like a GeoCities. <laughs> Listen, if you want to handle the video aspect, I'm not taking it on. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, this is an audio medium. Also, the 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 problem with video, especially for this uh, podcast, is that then we have to deal with like all of the auto scrobblers like looking for copyright infringement. Um, which if uh, if the theme doesn't get us for that, uh, I think I know what is. <laughs> is it me saying "On est point toujours une bête" pour l'avoir été quelquefois, Denis Diderot? Merde!